Hello, everybody. I am Hernan, and I am the founder and chief volunteer for Apprentice Worldwide. Uh, uh, volunteer because I don't get paid for doing this, by the way. Apprentice Worldwide is a global career development organization that started in 2014 to support and empower young professionals to succeed in business and in life. So can I forget the, la the, 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 the latter part? And although we do everything in our power here to make sure that these people are successful, we do not give up on our team. By the way, we call each other team members because this is a team no matter where you are. Even if you get let go from, from your jobs, you, get, you, keep, you keep this team until you get tired, right? Uh, at the end of the day, Monica, who I'll introduce to you in a little bit, was one of our first mentors at Apprentice. And uh, she's part of my team, right? I, I've been fired from different places or I've let go or I've left places, but she's always been part of my team. And uh, Monica and I met when we were around probably like 20, 23, 24. And um, we were young, young back then. And now we just decided that we wanted to come together and give back to our community. And this is how we do it. Okay. So this is uh, the mentors, which we have around 300 around the world. They are all people with tremendous backgrounds, uh, top executives, top business owners. Mm -hmm. But the key difference is no egos. Great people with great hearts that are coming together to help the next generation. And that's how we're here. Okay. So why did we get come together today? So today, this is a breast cancer awareness chat. And this is not the only chat that, that we're going to have, right? We've had one before. Monica and I had one last year. And we'll probably have some others. But today, I wanted to, to uh, I was telling Monica, Monica, what can we do to continue sharing this message with the youth? Because, you know, the, the young people, young people do not think about death or the possibility of death. Uh, you know, they're 20, 25. They don't think they're going to die now. Right. Yeah. Uh, but these things are, are part of our lives. And, and raising awareness from, from this young age is important so that you can help your friends and prevent losses in the future. So. Uh, this is why Monica and I decided to do this. And Monica told me I have the perfect people to bring, which we should talk about that um, so in, in a bit. So, Monica, if you want to introduce yourself and then introduce the panelists, that'd be great. Sure, absolutely. So, I'm Monica Onisic, for those who do not know me, but I think everybody knows me here by now. And um, like Renan said, we met when we were working together at Wachovia Bank. Fantasies to exist a few years ago. And when we started to get together, we, again, at our young age, we were lost. We didn't know what to do. We were just placed in our positions and they said, go for it. And, uh, you know, we had to learn by trial and error uh, everything that we did. And so when Hernan came up with this idea, I thought it was fantastic to give back and have been part of the Apprentice Worldwide since its um, beginnings. And I'm very proud of that. Um, and today, um, I wanted to bring in a few important people in my life as well. I invited my sister, Maria Ramirez. Um, she is an executive at Disney World. It's, uh, I'll let her introduce herself. But um, part of also, I wanted her to, if she was comfortable, to share her story of survivor and how 
how it changed her life and you know what can we do what are what are those tips that we need to learn and share with other people to prevent losses as Hernan said I also wanted to bring um, Laura along with me as another panelist Laura and I are currently working on a leadership program that we started uh, we trained six, uh, three months ago well, since July, <laughs> it felt like it was yesterday, but it was since July. And part of this, uh, Maritza is also uh, uh, one of our uh, tribe members, not team member, we call tribe. Um, but I wanted to bring these two women here with us as well because we have been working in a very important project, uh, which is that we wanted to leave a legacy for the world after our class have been completed. And we chose to help a foundation in Venezuela called Seno y Viva. It's a, it's a foundation that helps a very impoverished area in Venezuela and women, and women without resources. Um, there is, a, since its incision, I, I think they started in 2014, if I'm not mistaken, Laura, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they have already helped 10,000 women. And uh, as many of you know, I'm Venezuela. Um, but Venezuela is right now a place with very, very, very few resources. And so when we heard the story of this foundation, because we had several foundations to choose from, what was interesting is that this women doctor that founded this foundation, um, they were literally self-funded. And um, we felt that this where they, they needed us this year. So that's why we want to lend a hand and um, I'll let Laura tell you more about what all the projects that we have. And Maritza, if you want to chime in, please feel free. Um, but first, I would like to introduce Maria Ramirez, my sister. And Maria, welcome. And please just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Thank you. Hi, for nice to meet everybody. Nice to meet everybody. Uh, well, like Monica said, I'm her older sister, although sometimes we look like twins. I just want to say that. Um, I see it. I see it. We do. We do. We do. So, um, my story. Um, I think it is. Um, it was a moment in my life that I, I, I did listen to my my body, right? And and I think I, uh, something was telling me something is wrong so i think I, I chose to listen some people choose to um uh, to avoid but i think the most important thing is just listen to your body your body is very smart and it's going to tell you what it needs to needs you to do so at that moment i uh my body was telling me that i need i needed to go see a doctor uh something was not right uh it was not like always uh, so my age did not allow for the insurance to cover any of the tests that are required. I told the doctor, I, I don't care. I, I'll pay it. I'll pay out of pocket. But it was my choice. Some people are not lucky to probably have the, uh, the decision in their hands to pay for it. So um, long story short, it took a couple months, about three months, for them to give me the final um, um diagnosis so it is scary because i mean that's not something you want to hear especially when you you have two young kids uh but i think at that moment i just chose not to um not to focus on what i had but on the chances that i had to come out of it 
So I think that's um, that was my take. Um, we all are different and we all um, approach situations in a different way. So I think there's no right or wrong. It's just at that time in my life, I chose to do it this way. Um, fast forward, um, you know, several months, uh, treatments. I think treatments and everything was, was tough, but I think I was, once again, I was lucky enough to have a great support group around me, not just um, my wonderful doctors that were giving me the right path for my treatment. I think also my family was there all the way. Every single treatment, uh, I had somebody by my side, so I never felt alone. And uh, my coworkers, I mean, I think I felt very special during that time. And I, with a year of treatment, I think I only missed 16 days of work. But I think that was only possible because I had a whole group around me that was understanding. Um, you know, you learn a lot during that period. You know that the, this is one of the um, disease that have taken uh, a lot of um, females, uh, but also males. So I think breast cancer is not just to female. It's just, I think males don't self-diagnose themselves. So they might be afraid, but it's also something that we should bring awareness to. Uh, it's not just females or males, sometimes it's kids. So we also have to watch our kids, you know, when we help little, um, you know, take their baths, just make sure we explain to them that they have to check themselves as well. You know, I, I was surprised that was the first one in my family. Um, but when I started going to the treatments, there was a lot of people like me. So that helped me uh, not feel alone. And I think that helped overall um, understand and um, get the courage to go through this um, treatments. Um, so everybody's process is completely different. So I think it's just the attitude that you take for it and the approach that you have and trust in your doctors. Um, trust doesn't mean you're just gonna go there blindly. I mean, you're gonna educate yourself and ask questions, but uh, if you don't feel comfortable, I mean, this is the world of opportunity. So. If you don't feel, if you don't trust your doctors, I would say just find a different group of doctors because they are the ones that have your your life in their hands. So I think that what that's what helps me to help me the most. I trusted my doctors. I trusted the treatment. I had great support system, and I never gave up. I mean, it's it's not easy. Um, six years right forward, I'm here. Uh, it it seems like it's, it was a, a, a movie. But uh, when you're living it through, it's 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 really um, it's just it's just really hard. I mean, that's it's not gonna. I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's not it's not easy, but that doesn't mean it's not something to be scared of. Because I think a lot of people are scared of. And um, at that time, I was more scared of not being for my kids or my family than going through all these treatments. Um, but like I said, this is not a disease or illness that just takes females. I mean, I think we just have to build the courage. And this is something that, that could happen to anybody at any age, any race, any sex. Uh, so we just have to be uh, more educated. Bring more people along this education with us. Uh, since um, I went through my process, I've decided that every year I go 
rain, thunder, whatever I can, I go to my walks to bring awareness. I think sometimes people are afraid to ask, but bringing awareness to the people around you is the first step for for a greater, you know, um, world. I think you don't have to, you know, this is a great platform to, to outreach more people, but if you can at least take care of your family members, uh, first step, you know, that's, that's the most important. Make sure your kids, your mom, your grandparents, all your females in your house are aware of that. Uh, sometimes it's just, you forget that once a year, you should always make yourself um, uh, go take, check out your, you know, your whole body, not just your breast, your whole body. And I think after a certain age, doctors are allowing you to do certain tests and uh, exams. But uh, every month, you just have to be your self-test in, in the shower. I think it's just, it's just super important knowing your body because the body talks to you, believe it or not. Just, just, just yeah. be quiet. Yeah. And, and I remember um, when I was going with you in treatments, there were women that were very young. There were women in their 30s, women in their 20s that, that were with you uh, receiving treatment. Or one. And I mentioned it because I remember the girl that, that was married to my old high school friend. Uh, she was with two kids in her early 30s. And she had a, a radical radical diagnosis as well. So it's not only age, correct? Yeah, like I said, it, it's, 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 it could happen to anybody. Nobody is exempt. Um, we just have to, you know, be aware and, uh, and just, you know, don't be afraid of what they're going to tell you. Because like I said, you get afraid that you don't go and then it gets worse. Uh, I think I was, I was very thankful that by the time I went, it was, um, they were able to treat it. You know, I, I was able to go and then I'm here, right? My oldest son just graduated college, which, you know, it was one of my goals. And, and now I have my little one in his uh, middle school, which that's my next goal. I mean, I want to make sure that they all um, achieve their dreams. But I I'm going to take, I'm going to take a Tia moment to brag. My nephew just graduated from Harvard, from Harvard school and from computer science and he got an amazing job offer. So I could not, when that happened, I couldn't have imagined or envisioned Maria not being there because she was pillar. And, and I, I am a witness that I knew her battle was beyond herself. It was her family kids her her need and her not need but desire to be there for for them and for everyone for us for me for my mom so thank you Maria for that amazing work that you do and her children are exceptional for having an exceptional mother as well I think Melissa has a question is that correct Melissa yes because Monica you said something that I think is super important which is mm -hmm. that um they're telling us like doctors and stuff to uh, 45, only at older than 45 to go get an exam, a breast, a mammogram basically is that time. And then there's also, um, I know somebody who went through um, the situation and she had an exam done for her daughter to make sure, I think it's a BRCA, um, what is the name of the gene? BRCA. BRCA? BRCA? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there are, I just wanted you to share, um, like what are the ways, and also you mentioned something very important is like, you listened to your body and I'm very curious to understand, like, what was your body telling you? Where did you start feeling, uh, that specifically? I'm very, just to, so we can be aware. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we all use bras, right? Uh, I, I have never like, um, wire bra, right? But, you know, you always use them depending on the situation. Uh, I, I start feeling like in the sections on the right side, on the sides of my um, body, even after I took my, my bra off, it was just tender, sore. Uh, so I'm like, okay, it, this is not the time of my month to have that. But, uh, you know, I kept watching it. So I waited the next month. So it's still there. You know, this is, this is weird, right? So I... I, I have never had that feeling before. It felt like somebody had punched me in there, but I know no, nobody had punched me in there. And I felt like it was always swollen. And it got worse around the time of my period when my hormones were going crazy, right? So that was, that was really odd. So I went to my doctor uh, and I, told, I explained to her my OBGYN, I explained to her that I had that sensation and I just didn't like it. So she she, she, you know, she uh, did the exam and said, I'm going to have you do a mammogram, but because of your age, insurance is not going to cover and say, that's okay. I mean, no problem. I'll just, you know, I want to, I want to know, oh, if you wait six months, you'll start, I say, nope, I don't need to wait. I can do it right now. So anyways, um, yeah. Maria was I, under I 40 it. at the time. So the, the insurance was not going to cover that right. part. Or like you said, 45. Yeah. She was under 40. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, we, we went in there, you know, they did all of that. And um, the doctor, long, you know, long story short, the doctor said, you know, it was, it's really hard sometimes uh, explaining to the, uh, the women around you that you have to listen to your body because you were very lucky that because of you, you acted quick enough, the, um, the tumor was no big, right? So the stage of the uh, of the tumor was it was it was too it was aggressive. So if I would have waited six months, it would have been probably a different picture. So um, still doesn't make it any less uh, difficult, but it was still it was really hard because you know. And at the time, you know, one of the things my um, my doctor said when he was getting ready to set up the treatment, and he, he, he looked at me and said, I'm sorry. And I said, you're sorry for what? I said, you had a beautiful hair and you're going to lose it. I said, okay, it's just her, right? So um, Monica was there in, in that appointment and it was really hard, but just when they tell you that you have 90% chance of survival if you do the treatment, I mean, you choose, right? You choose hair, you choose, you choose uh, survival. So I, I enjoy my hair. I, I decided to donate it before it fell. So I cut it and donated it. Uh, and I went with my, one of my friends at work that she usually used her pieces and she got me a wig. So I got a haircut before I lost my hair and I got a wig to match that haircut. So I work in a place where uh, 400, out of 400, maybe 350 males um, four or five months into the treatment, no hair, just wearing my hair piece. And uh, guys were like, oh, I love your hair. They never noticed that I lost my hair. So 
<laughs> it did the trick. So funny because I would thought he was going to say, I'm so sorry that I didn't tell you to get the mammogram, like, right? Not the hair thing. The, that was the response, right? Amazing well, experience. Well, the doctor that said that wasn't my, uh, my breast specialist because you see a different doctor. You see oh, the I- OBG for the, for the first exam, then you see the breast specialist. And then this was my um, the oncologist. Oncologist, yes. So mm-hmm. he, he was super nice, but he looked at me. He looked at me so young. He said, oh, I'm so sorry. And I asked him, why are you so sorry? He said, you're going to lose your hair. I said, I don't care. Hair grows, right? And he said, yeah, it grows, but it could change. I said, okay, that's fine. So in my mind, you know, I was dreaming, maybe I'll get a red hair because I always wanted red hair. Because they tell you it could come any color. It could be white, red, blue, so any color. So I'm like, I was hoping for red hair. I didn't get red, but at least I got my black back. Thank you for sharing that. There's such a stigma to the whole, uh, you know, hair or not thing. And I think that uh, a lot of women in particularly do not like, they just keep going. Like there's evidence for this, that even if they feel sick or whatnot, they will just keep going because they feel like obligated and they have to. And I wouldn't have ever thought of that, you know, specifically. So thank you for sharing that. Really appreciate it. I'm sure it will help a lot of other young women in the process. Well, you talk about young women. I did want to bring Carolina, who had breast cancer earlier. And Carolina shared that with me. And I don't know if you want to share, Carolina, uh, your story. Um, hi, everybody. Yeah, my name is Carolina Oregon. I'm her name friends since a year ago. And yeah, I was diagnosed cancer, breast cancer when I was 21 in Colombia. It was kind of a very different situation of what um, Maria went through. I was very young. I was in my last year of um, dentist. Um, When I found out, I was, I didn't believe that I have a little something in my breast because I was too young and I didn't believe that we can die, we can go through this illness and um, when they told me that, yeah, young people can die from this disease, I was like, yeah, right. I'm too young, I'm too pretty, I'm too perfect. <laughs> so, so yeah, we went through all this stuff. My best friend that is a um, Colombian surgery, he's one of the best surgery in Colombia. In that time, he was a student. She was a student, she find out. Uh, she touched my breast and she told me, hey, we need to do something about this. This is not normal. Mm. So in Colombia, at that, at that moment, it was only two doctors that can, they were oncologists and specialists in breast cancer. When, when Carolina told me, she also is another Carolina, told me that it was Dr. Robredo and Dr. Arango, that they were the only ones in Bogota, um, that they can probably see me and, and go through all the treatment. Um, when I told my parents, they freaked out. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> my dad um, called, I think, <laughs> half of Colombia. <laughs> He's a politician in Colombia. He's retired for, politician, for politics, but I think he called that night, I don't know, a lot of people. And from Dr. Robledo, they, their earliest appointment was three months from that day. So my dad said, no, this is ridiculous. We need to do something. Um, I have a great 
healthcare insurance in Colombia because of my dad and my mom. And also we find another doctor that I didn't know in that moment because Dr. Rovell was the most famous in Colombia. It was Dr. Arango and Carolina, it was her student. So she helped me and talk with him and say, hey, this is my best friend. And I think she has something. I'm not sure because I'm a student, but um, she called me and, uh, and, I went, and we went through questions and all things. And I think she has a little, let's say in, in common words, a ball in one of her breasts. And I just want you to, to, to review her. Um, so she was like my first miracle. <laughs> she find me an appointment eight days after I find out about this. And I went through a lot of exams. And the first exam, it was, um, and I don't know, it was an echo because I was too young. So we cannot go through a mammogram after 40 years. Um, and I was 21. So that was not the first thing that we need to do. And the person that I did my that exam, oh my God, he was so mean. <laughs> when I, we finished, I, I went super scared with my mom and my dad. And when I went to that exam, like not knowing what was going to happen to me. And in that moment, like Maria was saying, you want like your doctors and everybody like to be gentle with you and be nice with you. He was not really a nice person with me. And when he saw what happened in my breast, in that moment, we didn't know what was going on. He said, you know what? Um, people at your age also die. So I started crying. My mom was like, what are you talking about? And he said, um, I cannot tell you anymore, but people at your age die. So when we went out of that office, my dad was like crying. I was crying. I didn't want to die. Um, that was the first thing that I was so afraid to die. I leave my parents and you go through a lot and you, and you learn from that experience. Um, I went through third surgery three months after I was diagnosed cancer. Mm -hmm. And until today, Dr. Ango says that um, my experience was totally different of a lot of girls going through the same thing. First, because I'm I'm Catholic and I believe a lot in in virgin, and I think my cast was miracle. And the second thing was that um, before I went to surgery, my dad came to talk to him, and of course Hernan understand this because he has two girls. He told him, I'm gonna give you my princess, my life. And I, this girl is only 21. Please try to save that breast because she's, on, she's only 21. And second, I want her alive. When, when we finished the surgery and I wake up and my mom was next to my, my bed, the only thing that I asked her is like, if I lost all my breast, and my mom say no. Uh, we will talk later about that, but it was a miracle with you. Um, and then Dr. Arango came and, and explained to me that it was a miracle that my tumor stopped. We didn't understand why, because when the last time that he reviewed 
all the labs and everything, it was like a lemon and it was supposed to grow until it was gonna be like an orange. But um, my mom and me, we prayed so much, so much, so much that I don't know what happened, but it stopped and it didn't grow as fast as we thought. Um, the, the surgery was not that complicated. I lost only the nipple. And I was the first patient in Colombia that um, hospital in Med Medellin transplant uh, a nipple from somebody that died. And it was a nipple super similar of my other nipple. So I'm always be grateful for the family that I have because of course, like Maria was saying, you need money for this, you need support for, for your insurance. That for, for my insurance, for example, that part of the, the second part of my surgery about the nipple, they say that it was cosmetic. <laughs> so that we need to pay it for our pocket. And as you can understand, I was 21. So of course, in, yeah. any parent will say, hey, let's go for that. You, you're too young for that. Another thing that I learned through all the process of the treatment and everything, it was like, you have to love your body, respect your body, love cancer, understand cancer, and thanks cancer for all the stages that you go. At the beginning, you're super afraid of that word, but then it becomes like your friend. And I always say like that, it becomes like your friend. And you have to tell that, is not gonna beat you, that you're gonna beat him instead of that, that you're not gonna die. Um, I went through chemo, so I went to radio, so I went to um, a lot of things, but I went to, uh, because I, my, I'm, I don't know what happened, but I did, um, I don't know the name in English, but let's say that my scars are really like thick and it was supposed to be thin, so I went to cosmetic surgery also yeah. for that because it's, of my- oh, in, in English is Keloi. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so Keloid. much, Monica. Um, so I went through a lot of surgeries. Um, um, also in that, in that time also, I meet a lot of kids, a lot of men. It was a young man also that went through with me for the same thing. So, like your sister was saying, men can go through all these things. And yeah. sometimes more painful than us because they really don't have breast. So when they go through a mammogram and all those things, it hurts so much. Um, so they need to understand that also it can be for men. Also it can be for kids and it can be for young people. So Hernan invited me here, like for that, to tell young people that they can, this can happen and early ages, uh, not really in our menopause stage or in our 35, no, that's not true. I went through at my age of 21, um, thanks God I survived, thanks God I have the family that I have, thanks God I have the faith that I have. Um, I'm always gonna be so grateful of Guadalupe. <laughs> Uh, because I think she was with me in, in all the stages. And now I can talk about this. I help a lot of people in Colombia. I help um, legal cancer in Bogota. Um, I go and talk with them. And one thing that I promise with my family is every time that we know that a kid is cancer-free, 
we make them a party at the hospital. So I'm not in Colombia, I live in Miami, but my mom used to go and is still going. And we buy ice cream and we buy cake and we buy gifts and we help the families and everything. And we make a huge, huge party for them with the nurses and the doctors, because I think that's, we, make, we need to make a party because we're a survivors, because we went through a lot of things and because we can tell our story so people can be aware of, the, of this illness and that you can fight the illness too. You just have to believe that you can, no matter what. Thank you so Thank much, you. Carolina. Thank you. Uh, Monica, so I wanna take 30 seconds of silence uh, to honor the people that have passed from this disease, uh, if we can, and to uh, appreciate and give thanks for the survivors like uh, Maria and Carolina. So if you don't mind, uh, starting now. Thank you, and thank you, Lord, for bringing these women to my life. I think Carla has a question. Carlos, you have a question for yeah. Carolina Maria? I see that you have your hands raised. Thank you. Um, yeah, it was uh, just a comment for, for Carolina um, when she first got diagnosed. I understand that feeling uh, when I was nine years old I went to uh, get my hearing and eye exam uh, because I was moving to a new school and my dad had felt like he had something in his throat so the doctor checked him and he told him in front of me and my mom and just a reminder I was nine years old like you have a, a chronic cancer disease and you will not live long enough and my dad suffers from heart conditions. So we all started crying. And like Carolina said, that's not something you love to hear. Like it's a really strong thing to hear as a wife, as a father and as a daughter. But just like Carolina, we are very religious and we prayed and we prayed for over 10 years and uh, with the help of a doctor in Stanford, uh, he never developed the cancer, but he's now free of whatever that could have turned into cancer. So I just wanted to share that hearing those type of things are a little bit out of touch <laughs> from doctors or like, like Carolina said, you want them to be like, I mean, straightforward, but, you know, a little bit delicate on the topic. And I am so glad, Carolina, that you got through this. I can tell that you and Maria are strong women. And I'm so grateful that I'm here listening to your stories. 
Thank, Thank you, Carla. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. And I, I know we're running yeah. short on time. And uh, one of the one of the parts that I wanted to share with everyone, um, and I'll bring Laura in at this point to talk to us. It's um, our fundraising for this year. Last year we did a fundraising, if you remember, for League Against Mendigo uh, Control Cancer in Miami. We, yes. We well, before 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 that, before that, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before that, you're not gonna lose people. We're recording, so you're good. You're good. As long as you're here, and and um, Maria, Carolina, and Laura are here, we're good. So, um, okay. So, you know, we we know people that have passed from this disease, obviously, and we and we honor them. We honor the survivors, right? We also are so grateful for the family members and the friends that provide the support, because I know how difficult it is uh, for these women and everybody that, that goes through cancer and having that support is, is, is critical, right? And if, if you don't feel it, I want you to feel it, that we're here for you, uh, right? Any time that you, that you feel, uh, you know, anything, right? This is more important uh, for, for us to, to share as a, as a community. Um, also, you brought something that obviously is very near and dear to my heart, which is uh, faith, right? And not losing faith is probably, uh, you know, what, what we can remind people through community, uh, remind people to not, not lose faith. And even if they, they have a, a, a wrong, something wrong happened to them, to not, not lose faith. I want to hear about what you guys are doing not only the fundraiser, but you guys are doing to continue giving hope to people and, and, and bring bring that faith and make it alive, you know? So tell me what you're doing. I know Laura's doing some things. Monica, you're doing some things. Carolina, you're doing some things. Maria, you're doing something. Tell me what we need to learn from so that we can continue doing. Well, in my case, I chose to find um, organizations that help people with uh, no insurance to get the help they need in uh, detecting the disease. So Edwin Hill, which is close to my heart because that's where I got treated. They have this once a year um, 5K walk in which they all the money that is raised on that K goes to help people with no insurance um, with the uh, prevention. Also, they have a, a program if you are low income, uh, they do an evaluation and they will provide treatment almost for free. So that's why I choose to help Evan Health in, in, in my city. Uh, I always choose to do walks because sometimes that's the easiest way to get in touch with other people and meet other people that are going through the same thing and sometimes give them hope. If you see them, they're going through the process because it's obvious. Uh, sometimes just a word of encouragement helps. Uh, it goes a long way. Thank Absolutely. you. And, and uh, please share with me the information of, of that place and the website. We'll make sure we send a little gift and a note on behalf of Apprentice Worldwide and, and try to promote their services as well. Maria, so thank you. And you, you know we have a team in Orlando. If you do not, uh, Monica can tell you later, but we have around 20 people in Orlando. So, And I'm going to be there in a few weeks, uh, so we can even go, you know, in person. Um, Laura, Monica, right. tell me what you're doing. 
So Monica and I, along with uh, what sixteen Marisa other people, yes, Marisa was here. Yes, yes, yes. I think I think Franco is also one of ours, but I'm yes. not sure. And Orange, Orange was here. And for Orange was also here. So we Bye -bye. have. <laughs> Yeah, we have our tribe, right? Um, oh, look, Franco, that's one of ours too. So we have our tribe, like you guys, apprentice worldwide. I believe that's a tribe. Tribe is family, tribe is community. So we also have that community along with 14 other souls that are working together for a, a very impoverished community in Venezuela. Um, the foundation is called Seno Vida. They're located in Tachira, um, San Cristobal, to be precise. They're right on the borderline with Colombia. Um, the resources are minimal. Um, the humanitarian crisis in Venezuela is, is at least for the people that don't have the means of income, um, it's, a, it's a very terrible situation for, for people who get diagnosed with this disease, unfortunately. Um, what costs for us a certain amount, for them it's double, triple, because it's really difficult to, to find medicine and, and, and supplies. And so right now what we're doing is we're creating this legacy and it's something that that hopefully it will last for uh, Santa Vida for many years to come. And among those things, it's a, it's a mammogram, it's an x-ray machine. Um, they, uh, I mean, as we all know, and I haven't lived through it because we don't face our mortality as often as we should um, until you're in that position. Uh, first diagnosis is the most important. So um, the x-ray for them is is our main, main thing. Um, right now, they've- yeah, I think when we spoke to them, uh, one of the, the things that they mentioned to us is the early, like you said, early diagnosis is key, and that's what's most expensive for women in Venezuela. So right now, uh, one of the, the number one causes for, for death for women, obviously not accounted because they don't keep records, medical records that well in Venezuela, it's actually breast cancer. And it was sad to hear, uh, and a lot of these women already, when they went to the doctor, it was too late. So what we are trying to do with this um, sonogram machine that we want to donate, it's to have a mobile clinic for this foundation and they can do early diagnosis. Uh, well, it's not really a mobile clinic, but it's it's to have a, a where for women they can attend and have this, this early diagnosis um, exams done. I mean, the idea is for them to also have uh, a little bit of sustainability. So um, they'll be taking donations also from women that can um, donate over there um, to help out other women. Right now, they have approximately around 300 women that they're treating at no cost. Um, so our our goal is to to help these women who they're currently treating and give this sonogram to to the foundation so that they can they can continue that service because this doctor like monica said at the beginning she started this along with her cousin um she was at a at a very reputable hospital in venezuela and then she just decided to, to quit and and to to follow that path of 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 helping helping her community out 
And there was two people who founded this and they've helped thousands. So it's a big footprint that they're making. And we're just trying to 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 add to that footprint. Um, so right now we're raising funds for them. Um, we have a couple of things that we were doing, a couple of events right now. We're just trying to reach out to people to donate at least one kit. Um, it's an $80 value. So it's not an expensive thing, but it has around 15 things that they need, um, along with, with medical supplies for their surgeries, which is, is kind of, um, it's almost unachievable there because people, people what, what they make in a month, you will never be able to afford that. So like they mentioned to us, it's really more than unachievable. It's required for you to go to a hospital in Venezuela to get any sort of treatment. You have to bring in every single item that the doctor is going to treat you with. And I'm talking about gauze, alcohol, uh, you know, just pretty much in cotton, anything that you, they, you think that they don't, that we don't think about it here. They have to have it. They have to paint here. The saline solutions, the the sedative, the medicine, the masks, the everything that the doctor will, will need to use for that particular treatment has to be provided by the patient. So part of what we want to do is to create these kits, the surgical and patient care kits, to where Seno y Vida can provide it to a woman in need and say, "Here you go. Please go get treatment." we can help you we can lend a hand a hand yeah um yeah. thank you for this opportunity and and you know 80 dollars helps a life out so that's basically what we're going after at this point excellent well it, it's in part of good news laura we can say that we have already achieved uh the the sonogram machine the ecographer we, we were able to fundraise sufficient funds up to this point to, to buy the equipment, um, but we're still to complete our goal that we want to, to have these kids to help these 200 women that are diagnosed already that need the help. We, we need that additional <laughs> and that additional funding to be able to, to complete our goal. So we're there. We just need to go the extra mile to help all these women in Venezuela. It's all about the extra mile. Mm -hmm. So extra mile uh, is what we is what we got from Nalisa uh, today. She was she able, was to, able secure, to secure uh, the sponsor for our event, the twenty six. So we no longer are going to need uh, funding for our food. Guess what? The money is going towards now uh, your campaign. So we will transfer uh, our activity to yours, and number one. And number two, uh, we have to now invite you guys to go to the event and, and also provide support. So the 20, I think we were charging $20. We'll, we might, we might uh, you know, uh, we're going to all transfer it all to, to this campaign, okay? Thank you uh, so much. Then, oh my God, thank you so whoever, much. No, thank, thank, thank Nalisa because she was able to thank secure you know. uh, a food uh, for us. We were doing it for the food, and now, you know, <laughs> it, it, what goes around comes around. So that, the money that we raised that day is going to be for, for that cost. Uh, just uh, make sure that uh, 
that you guys attend and celebrate with us. Okay? We have we have 20 more coming, so you can count with 20 of us. <laughs> Excellent. The Center for Social Change uh, is is where we're holding this event, which is our partner as well for Apprentice Worldwide, and they're supporting us in our next wave of uh, professional activities. So again, I think I think you pretty much uh, can notice that what we do is provide the network and provide also the the, the big hearts of people uh, to to be able to to allow for everybody to to successfully you know achieve their dreams and um, again I, that's why we don't we don't charge any money we don't make money we don't need money what we need is people with big hearts to help and uh, you know uh, Nalisa used to have a non for profit as well and and she was with inner city youth those people need the money. You know the 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 breast cancer uh, treatment needs money, right? Uh, we don't need money. We need big hearts to help, and we need leaders to come up with ideas to help. That's what we need. All right, and uh, we have a lot of those here. And by the way, Stephanie, who's our marketing head, Stephanie, make sure that we promote this, okay? And Carla, um, in our social media. Uh, so let's see what we can collect within the next 10 days because our meeting is the 26th, okay? And then I do not want to forget the men, right? And you mentioned men because we have a testicular cancer survivor, um, and this is Andy, uh, Andy Rodriguez, who's part of our team. He is now a, a uh, internal medicine doctor and the, and the chief resident. He was the chief resident for Baptist. Uh, sorry, for Jackson. Um, and he is a, a testicular cancer survivor. We will have project. He has a, a non-for-profit called Project Toy, which we always uh, take um, toys to, to, to kids at Sylvester Cancer Center. And now we're going to go with Carolina and make sure that we celebrate every time. We're going to make that connection. So you see, Carolina how this is all connected and Monica has Liga Contra el Cancer here. She knows the uh -huh. people here. So, you know, our oh, work will continue nice. uh, based on, you know, who we have here. So I want to bring that uh, Andy, which I prayed for a lot when he had testicular cancer. Uh, John Rodriguez, who's his, his dad, was one of my mentors uh -huh. and one of my best friends. Yeah. Uh, so I can only give back, you know, in, in that way. So um, I don't want to keep everybody because everybody has things but maria carolina anything else we can do for you no thank you for this this was one of my first uh, experience talking about my cancer here in the in, in the united states really so thank you for inviting me and everything that i can do i'm willing to thank you for sharing Hi, carolina thank you for being so candid I think for me, just thank you for um, extending the help for those people that need it. Uh, I think in the case of Carolina, myself, we were very blessed to be able to somehow to support ourselves through this, this moment, but there are people that go through them by themselves. And I think, you know, it's, it's awesome what you all are doing to do that. And like I said, I, I'm gonna thank them on their behalf. I'm gonna thank you all for taking the, the moment to do that. We all have different battles and we all fight those battles in a different way. But I think you guys are taking the front end of this battle against the, the breast cancer is, is, is very, um, is a very amazing, you know, step. So 
uh, Ab and Carolina, thank you guys for doing this brave labor because it's, it's, it is really hard to be a survivor and uh, feel like you're alone. But I think with all of your help, I think there will be less, less people um, not surviving it. So there will be more survival here. So I, I just want to say, ladies, you are the front end. There wouldn't be there wouldn't be a reason for this without you. So thank you for being here. Thank you. And what's um, the Carolina beat beat me to the punch? I mean not Carolina, Nalisa. Where can we donate at their GoFundMe? Yes. So we have a GoFundMe. I'll put it on the chat or Laura if you have it in front of you. It's actually it's actually uh the foundation. We have a foundation that we're doing everything through. Like you in Venezuela, it's a little bit harder to send the funds, so we have to do it through a foundation through here. They're actually helping us. They're called Gospel for Humanity and they have a Zelle account. So once you uh, once I send you that cell account, we can always work it out with um, with the people that are in charge of that that part of the the uh, foundation. Um, and I will send it. Do you want me to write it here? Or do you want me to send it over to to you? Can you put the website? well? Since this is a recording, you want to spell it out, and yeah. then obviously you can put it here. And then uh, Nalisa and uh, Stephanie, who are part of our of our leadership they'll take care of the rest because Stephanie will share through our marketing and Elisa will mm -hmm. share with the Center for Social Change and we'll see mm -hmm. how we can connect the dots. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Give me a minute. Let me look for it so I can write it here on the chat for you guys. Um, and then... I also put my email there for you so that way if you have any material flyers anything, promotions, we can do too. So. Thank you so Stephanie. much. By the way, um, Stephanie, anything that we can do with the Academy, any special mm -hmm. promotion, if we yes, share we our books, so, you know, we have leadership books. Mm -hmm. We can we can do all the leadership books that we have and donate it. Uh, anything that people buy, I mean, any book that, that people buy, we can donate that and we can keep mm -hmm. track of that. We can put a code. Mm -hmm. um, we can do a specific code for, for if you're doing donations and they can access that. Maybe with an email yeah. or something like that. We, we can come up with Maybe strategy. you share with Laura the, the material that we have for her leader for the leadership courses that we give. And then Laura can can see if she can spread them out and that money can be shared. You know, we can give it all for Absolutely. free. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, Hernan. I want to give a special thank you to my sister. I love you. Thank you for coming. She was very nervous like you, Carolina, to share her story for the first time in an open space. I know she told me privately, but I'm just very proud of you. I'm so blessed and happy to have you in my life every day. And I'm just so extremely um, proud today and every day of how bravely you fought your battle. It was, it was a life lesson for all of us in the family. From all of us, thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you. And Thank Carolina, you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Know, Thank we, you. I know we I were not you, there for you know. when you when you were going through that, but I'm here for you now. Yes, I know. We're Thank here you so much. much. Thank you so much, Carolina. Thank you, thank you, Monica. Thank you all. And, and thank you all of you for participating today and taking time to come. And thank you, Nan, for the space for to have this 
two brave survivor and women to share their story. For Carla for sharing your story, Melissa for your insightful questions, and for getting that uh, sponsor that now will serve help us, you know, pay it forward to women in Venezuela. This has been just extremely fulfilling and in a very, very amazing um, Zoom meeting. <laughs> Thank you. And by the way, anything that you want to find out about Apprentice Worldwide, so you can go to apprenticeworldwide.com. But you can also see our events now at apprenticeworldwide.com forward slash calendar. So the, in, in that uh, link, you can find out all the events that we put together for the community. And we have uh, two industry group events, one on the 24th about the careers in the film industry and in entertainment. And then we have a fintech industry update in November. And then we have our main event which is the workplace horror stories. We're doing a spooky theme, uh, but it's a serious matter. I and heard about gonna that. Be, <laughs> I'll be there. That, that's going to be our fundraising event. Okay. So it's I would love to participate on that one. I have a couple of stories that I can share. <laughs> the scary is the best, you know? Yes. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you okay, so guys. much. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank Have you. a good night. You. I'll talk to Take you care. soon. Stephanie, I'll send you more information on Senor Vida and Gospel for Humanity, okay? Excellent. And also Thank for you. what Maria, the foundation that Maria is helping in Orlando as well. Thank you. I got a prep. Thank I'm going to have a 5K. Portense bien. Si se portan mal, vayan a confesarse. Bye. 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 Bye.